This week on Young Nostalgia, Volume 7, Ben and I both have gotten our license to kill. Let's take a look. Hello and welcome back to Young Nostalgia again. We are coming to you with a brand new, fresh off the selves, uh, then and now, Volume 7. Uh, ben is beside me as always, and today we actually got a special rate and we are recording in a brand new Motel 6, but with that door that connects the rooms right open. Ben, how you doing, big guy? <laughs> oh, I'm doing pretty good. How you doing, man? Not too bad. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that it's... Uh, a brand new Motel 6, but they did say they bought their sheets off eBay, so Ooh. we might want to wash them before we get uh, So, I mean, before we it's get brand new, but I'm sure, like, the carpet's all matted down already and the walls are, like, sticky and just gross. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that's how they right. come brand new. <laughs> right, but they haven't bolted in the alarm clocks yet, so we can steal those, so that's <laughs> nice. But it's like, the old, it's like the old alarm clocks with the old Apple, like the old Apple uh, charging uh alarm clocks oh so you mean the so plug that hasn't been we, used since like 1842 <laughs> and then all of the hotel yeah, clocks right. still have them right <laughs> i love it but nobody can steal it um on volume four this week we're going to be talking about the one and only amazing james bond films but not just the films we're talking about the actors that portrayed them uh namely some of the two most prominent are uh, sean connery who began the uh, film series of james bond as the first one to portray him and then we'll be talking about the recent actor daniel craig who has portrayed james bond in the modern era we'll be talking about their then and now careers um throughout this episode but uh before we dive into anything do you have anything about life to talk about? <laughs> uh, wow, way to just like slam me with a question like that we didn't talk about beforehand. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm feeling kind of nasally. So I'm only going to be here just to press the buttons. <laughs> the whole show is all you, Ben. <laughs> oh, good. Sweet. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like when... Uh, when uh, Wayne's World, when Wayne like walks off the show and it's just Garth. Exactly. It's going to be just like that. <laughs> this is great. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess I don't really have too many made major stuff. But you know when you just kind of get in those moods that you just can't deal with people? Like no matter who it is, they just piss you off. Like really? Why would you stand in the middle of the parking lot that, like that? <laughs> And I feel I like should, this is I all, should just accelerate. I feel like this is all stemming from something that probably happened immediately before like sitting down to record. <laughs> like I feel like you're still grumpy about something. I'll tell you when we're off air. No, I'm just kidding. I love life. Ben's great. He's the best friend anyone could have. Uh, well, with that, we got a pretty big show coming towards us, so why don't we just jump right in, huh? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, we're kicking off with Sean Connery, none other than Sean Connery, the one to to first portray Mr. James Bond, Ian Fleming's James Bond. So born Thomas Sean Connery on August 25th, 1930, a new and now we tired uh <laughs> Here, let's We are off to a fantastic uh, start just, today. Let's just try that again. <laughs> 
right, we're going to be talking about Sean Connery first. Born Thomas Sean Connery on August 25th, 1930. A now retired Scottish actor and producer who has won an Academy Award, two BAFTA Awards, and three Golden Globes, and is now known as the first to portray Ian Fleming's James Bond. He has had a very decorated career and very prominent in pop culture alike. So, Ben, why don't you kick us off with his early career? <clears throat> All right, so early on... Uh, to pick up some extra money, Connery helped out backstage at the King's Theater in late 1951. Um, and really only did that for some extra money, but he actually became quite interested in the uh, proceedings. And that's kind of pretty much where his career was launched. Um, during a bodybuilding competition held in London in 1953, one of the competitors mentioned that auditions were being held for a production of South Pacific um, and Connery landed a small part as one of the CB's chorus boys. <laughs> See, I, I didn't read too far into it, but all they kind of said was that it was a body, bodybuilding competition. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if Sean Connery was actually a part I of it. I believe he was. He, he was, was just there. That, yeah. Oh, uh, oh, he was? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, sweet. I don't know any other, yeah, more details texted, other than that, but I just I do know he was okay. into uh, bodybuilding. Early on, that's so funny because because earlier in the week I was like Ben, I think I think I have our topic for next week, and he's like, well, I hope you can carry it because I know nothing about James Bond. And then he's like, oh yeah, he's huge into bodybuilding. <laughs> <laughs> just just fills the show, like understands everything about Sean. That, all right, all right. Let me let me preface all that saying by like here here is my one little bit of information that I know and you probably don't know. Like, and that is it. I've already played that card. I do not have any more. <laughs> Yeah, six six minutes in, and he already played the one card that he could. <laughs> uh, not holding anything back. <laughs> Always respect you. Yeah, yeah. By the t- by the time the production reached Edinburgh, um, he had been given the part of Marine Corporal Hamilton Steves, um, and was also understudying under studying two of the juvenile leads. Um, and his salary was raised to twelve. From, raised from 12 to 14, uh, I guess I don't even know pounds. what, cur- pounds, okay, makes sense, uh, pounds a week, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just totally spaced on what that currency symbol was, I don't, yeah, I don't like... normally deal with that on a daily basis. Um, <laughs> the production returned the following year um, out of popular demand, and Connor is promoted to the featured role of Lieutenant Buzz Adams, which Larry Hackman had portrayed in the West End. Yeah, I mean... You know, we'll, we'll kind of get into it a little bit with some anecdotes, but you know, Sean Connery is literally just a resident badass. But you know, in the beginning, he kind of had a tough time, and oh yeah, hey, this lost popularity. Let's just promote you because all the other good people left for something better. So here he is getting the lead role in something that's not as prominent, which kind of sucks. But he's but, obviously getting experience along right, the way. Right, but at the same time, like it's kind of good because you know, even if it wasn't necessarily the most popular thing at the time. You know, he still rose up the ranks of that whole production extremely fast. That's true. Yeah, within a year or so of it Mm -hmm. being produced. Absolutely. I mean, he went from, I guess, uh, following year. So that'd be 1954. Between 1951 and 1954, he went from backstage help to leading role. So. eh, That's good stuff. You know, even if it's not necessarily a, a. top name production or anything like that's that's still pretty good it is it is like look at us two years in and (laughs) and uh 
And uh, yeah, we're still here. That's a good thing. (laughs) 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 While in Edinburgh, Connery was targeted by the Valder gang, which was one of the most violent in the city. He was first approached by them in a billiard hall where he prevented them from actually stealing his jacket and was later followed by subsequent six gang members to a 15 foot high balcony on the uh, Peleus. So this kind of gives you a context of just who Connery is as a person. So while on the balcony, Connery launched an attack single-handedly against the gang members, grabbing one by the throat and the other by the biceps, and he cracked their heads together. From then on, he was treated with great respect by the gang, <laughs> by the gang and gained a reputation as a hard man. So like even without even being James Bond, years before James Bond, this guy is just cracking heads together like it's nobody's business and then just smoking a cigar. Like this guy, this guy, I mean, he's awesome. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, obviously he was in uh fairly good physical shape if he had already been competing in bodybuilding competitions. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you can be in the best shape in the world and still have no clue how to fight. Um, right. But for him to do both is, I mean, that's. That's not something that you see every day, especially him being, um, yeah, I don't know anything about his early personal life. So I don't know if he had, was, you know, into amateur fighting or boxing or anything like that. I have no idea, but I would, you'd almost have to just to have the awareness of mind to, uh, you know, make something like that happen against, you know, gang members who are used to, you know, especially in a gang like this, who are used to violence on a daily basis. Absolutely. Which is, absolutely. That makes Sean Connery even better. I know. I love him. (laughs) And then he'll go play a role as, uh, you know, Indiana Jones' dad, where he's kind of, I wouldn't really say he's, he's not like, he's not a weenie, but he's, you know, not really an outgoing kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of, knowing this now, it just seems like kind of a goofy role. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, okay, so moving on, Connery first met Michael Caine at a party dur- at a party during the production of South Pacific in 1954, and the two later became very close friends. Which is, I know that's just kind of one of those weird side notes that is that's interesting as well. I mean, Michael Caine is obviously a huge name, uh, in you know in acting, um, and for him and right. him and Sean Connery to be close friends outside of you know their jobs is is pretty neat right and they kind of boosted each other up through their their fame and kind of where they are now which is kind of neat Mm -hmm. so um so although connery had secured several roles as extras he was struggling to actually make ends meet and was forced to accept accept a part-time job as a babysitter for journalist peter noble and his actress wife uh, he then met Hollywood actress Shelley Winters one night while he was at Noble's house, who, was just, who described Connery as one of the tallest and most charming and masculine Scotsmen she'd ever met, quote, end quote. Now, if that's not James Bond material, <laughs> I don't know what that's is. That's exactly but what the, I was you know, thinking. Like, right. <laughs> and, and I love it because, you know, this guy, he's so, he's cunning, he's charming, he's strong, he knows... He knows how to portray himself and to make ends meet, he, you know, is doing babysitting jobs, but even then he's still connecting with people. Um, And I feel like that's the key when it comes to Hollywood and just 
fame is that no matter what you're doing, you're still making connections and meeting these people. Mm-hmm. So Sean Connery's killing it. Yeah, I mean, that's half of your job right there. I mean, obviously, you have to be good at what you do, good at acting, but it's also networking. You got to know people, you got to meet people, and you have to make good first impressions. Right, exactly. Which is obviously what he was pretty good at. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, Either cracking heads or turning heads. Oh, wow, there that you go. That was pretty good. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Connery would continue to play mostly small parts here and there, portraying act uh, tough characters such as um, a boxer in TV series, monster, or monster, oh my God, <laughs> minor gangster with a speech impediment. Or a uh, a rogue lorry driver, um, and so that's that's just well, the kind of <laughs> breaking breaking news. Sean Connery is actually Godzilla. <laughs> All right, so somehow I kind of mashed minor gangster together, and it came up with monster. Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, there's actually a little anecdote. There's a little anecdote I didn't put in here. So when he was playing the part of the minor gangster, um, his counterpart, an actress, uh, his, uh, sorry, her husband was actually a minor mobster himself. Oh, really? And so, yeah. And uh, it kind of came up to be that he in real life thought his wife was having a, an affair with Connery. So in the middle of filming, uh, her husband just stormed on set and pointed a gun right at Connery's face. Connery disarmed him, <laughs> disarmed him, and and like you know disabled him, and then he was kicked off the set to never be seen again. And like that's just crazy. That is fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the guy walks in with a gun and Connery just kicks his butt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh man, that is uh, that is great. I know. I have so much respect for this man. <laughs> it's amazing. Um so finish finishing out his then series, uh Connery's breakthrough came in the role of British secret agent James Bond. He was reluctant to commit to a film series, but understood that if it was succeeded, uh his career would have greatly benefit and there would be almost no looking back. So he played 007 in the first five Bond films, ranging from nineteen uh sixty one, sixty two, um, and ending his career as James Bond in 1983 so first one was dr no in 1962 then it was from russia with love in 1963 goldfinger the year after thunderball 1965 and he only lived twice two years later in 1967 he then came back um in diamonds are forever in 1971 and then uh reprised the role one last time as uh, a look into an aging bond um secret agent so kind of where you know he has some years behind him uh he's seen a lot he's done a lot almost mm-hmm. coming to a later part of bond's career and that was in never say never again in 1983 every single film that he was in was commercially successful so that kind of goes to say how he connected with the uh with the character and just really brought it to the forefront of pop culture around the entire globe. Yeah, so. I don't think there was really a Bond film that he was a part of that wasn't um, well-received in pretty much all regards. Right, absolutely. And he's just magnificent and just an iconic figure um, in film history. I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit when we move to the now, but almost to the point where People didn't see him as Sean Connery. He was mm-hmm. James Bond. That's all it was. Right. And, you know, so. that's that's kind of a common yeah. theme with a lot of actors and actresses who 
you know, either played the same role for a very long time or uh, there was a major role that really put them on the map and they not necessarily have done much outside of that is that they, they kind of get tired of being known as, as that person, you know? Right. Right. I definitely understand, but it's also, you kind of put yourself in that situation. So I don't feel that bad. (laughs) I don't feel. All right. Um, All right, man. Moving on to the now. Moving into the now. Although Bond had made him a star, Connery grew tired of the role and the pressure the franchise put on him, uh, saying, I am fed up. I am fed up to hear with the whole Bond bit. And I have always hated that damn James Bond. I'd like to kill him. Uh, uh, he was also uh, uh, he's also noted to have gotten upset about being recognized in public as only James Bond and not Sean Connery right which I mean that would be that would kind of grind my gears I understand that (laughs) absolutely and it's kind of it's kind of crazy how a lot of times you hear stories of actors where they they literally they just get tired they get tired of the role and going back to it because, you know, if you think about it, yeah, James Bond is classic, but in every film, how much different of a storyline is there actually? You know, James Bond, there's a attractive woman. It's like, oh my God. And then she gets taken away and then there's this <laughs> villain and then James Bond almost gets killed, but he always gets out right? and then he wins. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they def- they so. do definitely uh, follow the very similar plot line every time. Um, and that's, right. I mean, that's even outside of the Bond films. I mean, that's fairly, fairly normal for, you know, movies of this type, you know, kind of a, like secret Absolutely. agent kind of movies. <clears throat> right. And like, you know, hero of the day, always like good guys always going to come out on top. So yeah, always, always wins. You don't even have to worry always. about him because he always wins. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Sean Connery, uh, outside of James Bond, he appeared in John Huston's The Man Who Would Be King in 1975, starring opposite Michael Caine. So, this kind of comes back to uh, their working in, and uh, casual relationship with both actors regarding it as one of their favorite films to do. Mm-hmm. So, that kind of brought them pretty close. Um, other films that uh, Sean Connery appeared in include Robin and Marion. Uh, where he starred opposite Audrey Hepburn, who played Maid Marian. And I, I believe we've talked about Audrey Hepburn um, many times in the past. She's a huge, prominent mm-hmm. pop culture figure. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on, uh, excuse me, he was on Murder on the Orient Express and A Bridge Too Far, as well as Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in 1989, which he portrayed um, Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones, he portrayed his father. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was also in The Hunt for Red October, which was huge and commercially successful back in 1990. And uh, one of the last big ones that he was in was The Rock in 1996. I'm not, I'm just looking through these. I'm not terribly sure about like a bridge too far. Um, I've never, I've heard of the murder on the Orient Express, but I've never watched it. Obviously, Indiana Jones, the Red o- Hunt for Red October is fantastic. Um, oh yeah. Great movie. That's a fantastic one where I, I see you have in parentheses here. Um, and this is really interesting where he was actually, um, called in at two weeks notice for the Hunt for Red October, which is, that's pretty fantastic. I agree. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, such a big movie like that and as successful as it was, it could have been totally different had he like turned, had he seen like the timeline on it and been like, 
nah, no thanks. You know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When Connery received the American Film Institute's Lifetime Achievement Award on the 8th of June, 2006, uh, he finally confirmed his retirement from acting. Yep. So, and then, uh, so pretty much, I think he had done wee little stuff here and there for the 10 years in between his, uh, achievement award in 2006 and his last movie in 1996. Um, but for the most part, he had pretty much already been retired and in 2006, he pretty much just confirmed what everyone else was thinking. Right. Right. And he was actually asked a year later, or there was like rumors or murmurs that he might have, uh, coming back but then he actually responded with a quote saying retirement is is too damned fun and uh he's absolutely not coming back so <laughs> good he's for him, sean you know? connery he can do whatever he wants absolutely <laughs> why, absolutely why does he need to come back to acting <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> uh, he's timeless yeah he never ages you know <laughs> no no definitely not <laughs> <laughs> all right so Uh, We'll be right back, and we're going to be kicking it off with the then and now for Daniel Craig. All right, we're back after stretching our legs. Uh, Daniel Craig, born March 2nd, 1968. He is an English actor and grew to be internationally famous by being the sixth actor to play Ian Fleming's James Bond. All right, big guy, kick us off. All right, so a little bit about his early career. Um, he didn't. He actually had no on-screen uh, roles until 1992, um, where he played the Africaner in The Power of One. <clears throat> and so I, this was not only was this his first, you know, on-screen role. I think this was one of his first roles in general. He had a little bit of stuff in theater beforehand but you know he really really didn't get into start didn't get it wow didn't start getting into (laughs) um, acting until the early 90s Um, he then appeared as joe in the royal national theater's production of tony kushner's angels in america in november 1993 Um, and throughout this whole time mid to late 90s he just had a bunch of little roles here and there, which, you know, he was kind of building up every time, getting a little bit better, uh, get his name out there a little bit more. Um, he did a lot of television stuff. Like, also in 1993, Craig was featured in two episodes of the American television show Zorro and the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Um, and British shows Heartbeat, Between the Lines, uh, Drop the Dead Donkey, um, uh, <laughs> and Sharp's Eagle. Um, and also around the same time, a few years later, he was actually featured in a Disney movie, um, that I didn't really know about a kid in King Arthur's court. Um, it was very poorly received, which is, I guess, a reason why I'm not aware of it. Um, (laughs) but yeah, there was, you know, reading through, uh, Daniel Craig's career, there was nothing good said about, um, this particular Disney movie, A Kid in King Arthur's Court. <clears throat> <laughs> I feel like we just need to do an episode with that. Yeah, just we'll just take like and... the biggest movie flops ever and make a whole episode about it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. But then we'd have to watch them. 
I know. Yeah. <laughs> Who has time for that? Yeah. Um, in 1996, Craig starred in the BBC drama serial Our Friends in the North as troubled George Jordy Peacock, uh, appearing alongside Christopher Eck, uh, Eccleston, Gina McKee, and Mark <laughs> Strong. I just had to take a second look at that name. Um, Craig's part. I was part- about to say you you about <laughs> you about to just jump right in, but then you stopped yourself. Like, wait a second. <laughs> um, Craig's part in this series is pretty much considered his breakthrough role. Um, in the same year, Craig guest starred in an episode of the HBO horror anthology series Tales from the Crypt. So, still not in absolute gigantic roles, but he is definitely making a name for himself. Um, enough to enough. That he's getting cast in stuff from HBO, which is, I mean, that's that, that's starting to make it fairly big. Right. Yeah, it's pretty big, especially at the Motel 6 where you get free HBO. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's when you know you've made it. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially in BBC pop culture, I feel like Craig was definitely gaining ground. Um Craig played a Tomb Raider and the romantic interest in Angelina Jolie character Laura Croft in Laura Croft Tomb Raider back in 2001 based on the video game series of Tomb Raider for the PlayStation. (laughs) He later admitted to only accepting the role in the ill-received yet commercially successful film for the paycheck alone. So that's pretty funny. But hey, you know, I feel like it kind of puts his name on the map for u.s market i mean obviously it wasn't necessarily the best movie around but i feel like it has to be a cult classic just because of the video game itself so probably not a bad choice no no definitely not um and you know what there's there's nothing wrong like even if that's your job and yes you especially in any sort of on-screen arts you know it's very common and almost expected that you really um take i mean you obviously take pride in your work but you take it really really seriously um, but there's also nothing wrong with just taking a job for the paycheck too, you know? Right. I mean, and it's Anna, and it's Angelina Jolie in 2001. So she was looking pretty good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's probably looking at the script and he's like, wait, 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 hold on a second here. He's like, I'll do it. I don't even need to read it. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, his All second right. release. You up next. His second release of 2002 was uh, Sam Mendes' crime film Road to Perdition with Tom Hanks and Paul Newman, um, where Craig played an Irish mobster, played the Irish mobster, Connor Rooney, um, who was the son of the crime organization's boss, played by Paul Newman. And, uh, you know, at this point in time, a cast with, with Tom Hanks and Paul Newman, you know, I mean, you're... That, that's up there. I mean, that's a pretty pretty big name right. cast already right there. You're in pretty good company at that point on yeah, screen. Yeah, definitely. So, <clears throat> absolutely. Sweet. And I feel like it's, it's kind of cool. I mean, these are huge breakthroughs, obviously, for the individual actor. But for Craig to not necessarily be a household name just yet, but landed a gig with Hanks and Newman, mm-hmm. I feel like that also really puts a spotlight on him because his acting is really like bumped up a notch you Mm -hmm. know like he is performing with these top named actors in the u.s and craig being able to keep pace with him that's a good sign so yeah and it it also seems like uh daniel craig's career kind of throws me off a little bit just because you know we're getting into a point where he starts playing 
and he's playing in a lot of movies and TV shows, um, both in the United States and in Britain, and he's doing a lot of high-level stuff, but he's still... It's weird how long it takes him to have his name, you know, as a household name, if that makes sense, what I'm trying to say. Right. Like, he's doing a lot of stuff with a lot of other big people, and he's doing not just small little roles. He's doing leading roles, and it's still... Like everybody's seen him, but it's like they're just not. No one just no one knows his name. Right, it's still like a little smokescreen. Yeah, I'm with <laughs> right. you. Uh, right, right. <laughs> um, also, you. in 2002, Craig. Oh, yeah, yep. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. Uh, also, in 2002, Craig portrayed <laughs> German theoretical physicist Werner Heisenberg in the BBC television drama Copenhagen, uh, which depicts Heisenberg's involvement in the German nuclear weapon project during World War II. And that's kind of neat. Yeah, and and you know, I was looking through things. I was, he's Daniel Craig was really in a ton of stuff, and. You know, I was kind of trying to weed through everything and hit the highlights of it, of, of his, his entire career. And he really was in quite a few, um, like, historical war movies. You know, he played a okay. lot of different roles in them, um, whether he was part of the Allies or Axis Powers. It did, I think, several World War II movies, as well as more modern stuff and older stuff. Um you know, sometimes he was a good guy, sometimes he was a bad guy, but it seems like he he got cast a lot for that type of role. <clears throat> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, kind of his, you know, last works before really beginning the Bond franchise. Um, the film Munich, directed by Steven Spielberg. There he is. He's, you know, cast by Steven Spielberg. Um, starred Eric, <laughs> Eric Bana as a member of the Operation... Uh, um, Mossad agent, Mossad agent. Holy cow! Um, <laughs> also, in 2005, Craig starred in a BBC television film, Archangel, based on Robert Harris's uh, eponymous novel. As in an English, wow, I just lost my place. Robert Harris's eponymous novel, as an English academic who stumbles upon a notebook believed to have belonged to Joseph Stalin. So here is, you know, kind of another, it's not necessarily a war movie, but it's, you know, it's kind of tied to it a little bit. Um, It just seems like that's kind of what he was gravitated to. Right. Kind of in that World War II era. Mm -hmm. And I know there was also um, a series, or maybe not a series, but uh, a movie that he was in, um, Defiance, Mm -hmm. was also kind of based in that World War II era. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe it was... um, Jewish kind of rebellion soldiers mm-hmm. that kind of uh, did kind of guerrilla warfare with uh, Nazis and they kind of had a ca- an encampment in the woods mm-hmm. um, and they would also uh, have um, scout parties and also like escort other Jewish uh, rebellion, you know, or people just kind of caught in the middle and they would escort them to freedom as well. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a good movie. I remember that. It's been a while, but a very good movie. Yeah, I think I've seen parts of it, not the entire movie. <clears throat> Uh, but, all right. All right. So, take so us into we will his transition Bond to... career. 
Let's do it. Uh, transitioning into now, uh, back in 2005, Craig was contacted by Eon Productions to portray James Bond. He was sl- he stated that he was aware of the challenges of the Bond franchise, which he considered a big machine that makes a lot of money. So he aimed at bring- bringing more emotional depth to the character itself to kind of bring a different picture of who Bond is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what started him down the path of... Uh, making Bond and Daniel Craig such a huge entity in pop culture. Right. He wasn't he wasn't super specific on you know the the challenges of the Bond franchise that he was, you know, alluding to. Um but I think it was he was mostly basing around of, you know, the the big machine that makes a lot of money. He's talking about kind of how it's a you know, this is a big franchise. Don't screw it up. You'll play the character how we tell you to play the character and no more, no less kind of thing. Right, right, right. Um, which he definitely was not down to uh, to go with. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so being born in 1968, Craig was the first actor to portray James Bond to have been born after the Bond series started and after the death of Ian Fleming, the novel's writer. Which is just kind of how crazy is that? Shows you how long, how long the the entire Bond series, both the books and the movies, have really been around. Right, right, absolutely. And I feel like you know that's a huge mantle to get over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, you know, you, you absolutely know that there's people in this world that was like, who is he to be able to portray this long-standing tradition of James Bond when he was never subjected to it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, probably not never subjected to it, but, you know, kind of in a new era of Bond where his prime career is in the you know mid 2000s, his portrayal of Bond will be a lot different than it was 50 years ago. Right. So and just kind of the I feel like that was a big hurdle for him to do. Right. Not only was Bond kind of evolving anyway, just the entire uh, trend in big screen action movies was changing as well it's just the the older bond movies just weren't necessary the style of movie wasn't necessarily in style anymore right like the pace of the movie mm-hmm. was a lot more slow mm-hmm. exactly so, right yeah uh so the casting choice caused significant controversy uh throughout the entire production period internet campaigns expressed their dissatisfaction and threatened to boycott the film in protest uh the five foot ten inch blonde craig was not considered by some protesters to fit the tall dark-haired bond portrayed by the previous bond actors to which viewers had apparently become accustomed you know this is kind of the thing where they'll pick apart someone brand new almost revitalizing the series so Although the choice of Craig was controversial, numerous actors publicly voiced their support, most notably four of the five actors previously playing Bond, Pierce Brosnan, Timothy Dalton, Sean Connery, and Roger Moore, with Sean Connery and Roger Moore being some of the most prominent guys mm-hmm. starting out the series of Bond. Like, you know, they endorsed Craig, and that's actually, like, something huge to put in the back pocket. Um, and obviously, Craig did not disappoint in his performance. Mm-hmm. He was... Uh you know, after the first couple uh, Daniel Craig Bond movies, I mean, they were so uh, well received. He actually uh, would go on to lend his voice and likeness as James Bond for uh, video games. After that, um, oh, that's cool on the uh, on the Wii. <clears throat> uh, that would be Goldeneye 007 on the Wii. 
um, which was an enhanced remake of the 1997 game for Nintendo 64, and James Bond 007 Bloodstone, an original game for uh, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, Nintendo DS, and Microsoft Windows. So not only did they use his voice or his likeness, but he actually voiced it, which doesn't always happen. You know, it's sometimes if they're right. If a game is trying to portray, you know, based off a movie, they'll use a character. They'll make a character that looks similar to uh, the movie character, but they won't necessarily always use their voice. Well, it's kind of neat that, you know, for Daniel Craig, they ended up doing both. Right. And for money purposes, obviously, as well. Mm -hmm. But didn't you have I think you had Bloodstone. There was one point that I played it. Were we in our dorm room? I think you had it, but Uh, I'm not sure. No, I had Quantum of Solace. Okay, that's Which right. Which is another I one I guess that, that one. we didn't even that wasn't even in this list. So yeah, that's a that's a third one. Right. Uh which And was, that that's an absolutely great game too. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's that's fantastic. It's and it was kind of ahead of its time. It's it's a uh, for to actually looking at the age of that game, it's actually really well really well done. But I guess we're getting on a tangent here. Yeah. That's not even about James yeah. Bond. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. A uh, small little point here. I know this kind of was in the tabloids for a while um, and, and, and kind of a cool little thing. So he actually made an uncredited cameo appearance as a stormtrooper in the Star Wars sequel, Star Wars The Force Awakens, back in 2015. And it was kind of coming out how he just really wanted to be a part of it in some way. And so they casted him as the stormtrooper who was guarding Ray's uh, prison cell. And then, uh, <laughs> obviously, stormtroopers are easily manipulated. So... Uh, Ray just kind of used the Jedi mind trick and Daniel Craig um, I think he had a one liner when he was like I need to walk away or something like that (laughs) like I will release you and walk away (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know I definitely did not pick it up during the movie I the only way I would have ever found that out is to read it later on which I did Um, yeah (laughs) right (laughs) which is just because that that whole thing cracks me up because I can just I'd like to imagine the the phone call that he made um, cause I could just, I, I just picture all of this going down like, oh, they're making a new movie. Oh, they're casting this new movie. Hold on. Oh, you know, he makes a call. Hey, this is Daniel Craig. You know, I really want like something to do with this movie. You got anything for me? Like, yeah, we'll just throw you in a stormtrooper costume, you know? Right. Like you can't just say no to Daniel Craig. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, whoever was already <laughs> cast to, you know, do that role was like, all right, you're out. You just got replaced right. by Daniel right. Craig. <laughs> <laughs> right. Here, hold the here, hold the boom mic for Daniel Craig. <laughs> exactly. He'll take your spot. Exactly. Go help him put the suit on or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so Craig has described his portrayal of Bond as an anti-hero. Um, so, quote, the question I keep asking myself while playing the role is, am I the good guy or just a bad guy who works for the good side? Uh, Bond's role, after all, is that of an assassin when you come down to it. I have never played a role in which someone's dark side shouldn't be explored. I don't think it should be confused by the end of the film, but during the film you should be questioning who he is, unquote. Um, it's just kind of a, just kind of showing how he took a, a little bit different of a mindset um, into his portrayal of James Bond. Um, Craig also right. stated that his own favorite previous Bond actor is Sean Connery. Imagine that. But says, I'd never copy somebody else. I would never do an impression of anybody else or try to improve on what they did. That would be a pointless exercise for me. Um, and it was actually kind of funny. Later on, um, on an episode of the South Bank show, Connery 
divulged that his thoughts on Craig's casting as Bond, whom he described as fantastic uh, and marvelous in the part. I love it, especially yeah. the support from way from the beginning all the way to the end. And then Connery was a big supporter. But honestly, you know, kind of taking it back, Craig is definitely one of my favorite Bonds. Right. Um, yeah, and I too. own... I own all the all the ones that he's in, and I think it's absolutely fantastic because you definitely he brings a lot of different uh, perspectives to the character itself. You kind of see him riding that thin line of I don't know who to trust, even within MI six anymore, mm-hmm. um, and you know, kind of his love hate relationship with uh, um, M mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. And so it, it was just kind of a really cool thing, and and almost like taking it back to the roots of James Bond, and you'll uh, see him kind of defend his heritage, um, as well as kind of let it go. So um, I think it's really kind of cool to like have the emotional part of James Bond really prominent in the series that uh, Craig is in. So I think I think he did an absolutely fantastic job. No, no, I would have to agree. I mean, I really like. I, I've seen all of the. Uh, Daniel Craig, James Bonds, at least once. Um, and it's, I don't have a ton of experience with the older James Bond films, a little bit with the Sean, Con- in the Sean Connery days. Um, but yeah, Daniel Craig, definitely one of the, definitely one of the better, uh, I almost said better Sean Connery, uh, better James Bonds. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. All right, we made it all the way through for the Then and Now Volume 7 for the James Bond series. Um, it's been great to talk about this and actually research them. It was kind of cool to see how much the series itself and the actors, what they had to go through to get to where they were, mm-hmm. to where they are now, um, and almost how in stone their careers are and uh, how defined that the James Bond does. It's almost like, yeah, they did do an implant themselves into James Bond, but the idea of James Bond never goes away. And I feel like it really implants on them as well. Mm -hmm. So definitely a career defining moment for him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Sean Connery talked about not liking being uh, recognized as James Bond all the time. Well, I feel like, I feel like Daniel Craig definitely has that as well. We talked a little bit earlier about how he, uh, you know, might have done a lot of big roles, but he still wasn't necessarily a household name. Well, I, I, I feel like that totally changed after he got into the, into the uh, James Bond franchise, to where he is starting to become a household name, and there's definitely people recognizing him just as James Bond. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, and even within recent talks, within recent years, I think he has one more Bond film slated, mm-hmm. but I think he's ready to move on as well. So I don't give him uh, any hardship for that because it's easy to get burnout. I mean, just like regular regular people, I'm sure they get burnout on roles as well. Right. So of course. Well, that that oh yeah, yeah absolutely. So that wraps up then and now volume seven with Sean Connery and Daniel Craig. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us as always on Young Nostalgia. You can find us on your favorite podcast app, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, um, uh, anywhere you can find your favorite podcast. We'll be there. Please take a quick second to scroll on down the page, hit that five star button and write a small review on what you really like about the show. It really helps us grow the show, know what we're doing right and improve it. You can also give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. Again, that's youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. Let us know what we're doing. If you have any topics for shows or if you'd like to be a guest, let us know. You can also head to our host site by uh, clicking on that 
episode webpage or go to the main host for wherever you find Young Nostalgia and send us a voice message. You could be featured on a future show. Ben, anything else, big guy? Nope, that was super fun. We've definitely neglected uh, some of the then and nows in the past. It's been quite a while since we've done any of those. Uh, should definitely bring them back, bring some more in, do a little bit more variety, um, and I'd like to do some more in the future. Absolutely. As always, my man, you are the best co-host there ever is in the entire world. As we always say here on Young Nostalgia. Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We'll see you next week. <laughs>